The following program contains discussion of events from films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which may be considered spoilers by some viewers. Hello everybody, Stephen Platt here, the host of the Cinema Catch-Up Club, just recording a quick message before we get into this week's episode. This week's episode was recorded over Zoom. Uh, the reason for that is because uh, here in Western Australia, where we're recording, uh, we are currently experiencing a, a pretty significant increase in the number of uh, COVID-19 cases in the community. So episodes over the next few weeks, possibly even the next couple of months, will alternate between uh, being recorded in person and online over services such as Zoom. Uh, simply based on um, how everyone is feeling, what our case numbers are like, and also uh, partly to help, uh, because some people uh, who are guests on this programme work in jobs uh, that include um, schools and the health department and things like that. So uh, in order for them to um, practice best social distancing requirements, we don't want to exclude them from the programme, so we will record over the internet. So this week's episode is one such episode. I just bring it up because the audio quality uh, will be different. Um, the audio quality is not as uh, strong as it usually is when we're recording in person, uh, but it still sounds pretty good. You still understand what we're saying, and uh, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it is our fifth birthday. That's right, the podcast is turning five years old, which, um, you know, podcast years translating into regular years is about 100 years old, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, lovely. Wow. Yeah, we are, we're five years old. It's... Um, it Happy been... birthday! Thank you, thank birthday you. Podcast. Uh, yes, the the voices of our uh, wonderful guests who we'll be meeting shortly. And um, we asked you at home, what do we do to celebrate five years? Uh, we look back to twenty seventeen. Boy, did we look back fondly to twenty seventeen. Uh, and we went, uh, what was a film that came out that year that we should go back and have a look at retrospectively five years on? We asked the audience, they voted, and they selected Thor Ragnarok. So that's what we're watching as we. Uh, celebrate our fifth birthday with lots of fairy bread and party poppers. Uh, joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Uh, our guest who has not seen the film, it is Science's Own, Kate O'Sullivan. How are you, Kate? It's another one I haven't seen for no yeah. justifiable reason. <laughs> you are on quite the streak um, of, of appearances without having seen the film, but we will find one that you have seen and get you on, yeah. I promise. It will have, in it'll, the next five years, sure. it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Kate just for the uh, folks at home um, it's your first episode of 2022 so who are you and what do you do uh, I'm Kate I'm an improviser and performer sometimes I'm a teacher sometimes I'm a blowing things up for educational reasons sometimes I, I do lots of things I'm around in lots of places excellent and Thor Ragnarok uh, you, you have yes. not seen this film no what, what do you know about it uh, thanks to hosting a quiz, last, quiz night last night. I know it's the one that Kate Blanchett's in. Mm -hmm. um, I know it came out while I was living in 
I think just before I moved from Canberra to Sydney, which might explain why I didn't see it mm. because I just didn't happen in my life at the time. It's part of the MCU. It's just a film I haven't seen for no discernible reason. And and how are you with the MCU films in general? Have you have you watched a load of them or are you kind of like very casual, nip in and out? I think I was very much like I watched all of them up to a point. Um, I would have to quickly go and look at the list to be able to tell you what that point was. And I probably can by the time we record the second half of this podcast. Wonderful. Um, but I certainly, yes, yeah, so I saw a lot of them and then I think life happened and mm. I stopped seeing them because I'd sort of missed one or two and then was like, oh, well, to see the next ones, I kind of have to see the other ones and then sort of fell out of having seen any of them. Right. And have you seen any of the films with Chris Hemsworth as Thor? I think I've seen Thor. Like okay. the first, like I think I've seen the first one and I've definitely seen the first Avengers movie. Right. But I don't know that I've seen much beyond that. I'll be honest, that's probably enough for this film, to, to be yeah. perfectly honest. I feel as though as long, as long as you've got a grasp of who Thor is, uh, who Loki is, maybe one or two others, then then you're probably fine. I, yeah, I feel like this was pretty close to the time that I stopped, like that I dropped out of the MCU. It was not, mm. it was around this time. So this is probably quite a good segue back in. Yes. Uh, well, luckily for you, we have someone who has seen the film before. Uh, welcome to 2022, Luke Jago. Hey, thanks for having me back. No worries, Luke. It's lovely to uh, see you, even though it's uh, remotely uh, today. Uh, yeah. Just just for the folks at home, who are you, Luke, and what do you do? Luke Jago, improviser, performer. Um, I do a lot of uh, role play work for training situations, you know, with uh, police officers and prison officers and councils and education as well, where I get to play a classroom full of kids via avatars so they can learn how to deal with bratty children while trying to teach them and so, I personally love to do that one just to clarify you you play all of the kids in the classroom yeah different okay. voices different personalities it's great fun oh, brilliant that sounds absolutely fantastic um uh, Thor Ragnarok uh, you you have seen this yeah. film in a yeah. vague non-spoilery sort of way uh, for people like Kate who haven't seen it what's it about what can they expect from Thor Ragnarok I don't remember so let's just watch it. No, I, it's like, it's it's good. Like, look, I, I love MCU. I'll, I'll try and keep on top of all the films that come out, um, you know, when, when they do, just to keep the story going. They're not all great, but some of them are. There's a few little gems in there, but it's always good to have the backstory of even the lesser known or lesser liked ones. Um, <clears throat> it's probably the best of the three, four film, uh, Thor films mm -hmm. that are out there, um, which... <laughs> Those first two are lovingly referred to by my friend Sam and his daughter Scarlett as uh, Boar One and Two. Oh, um, that's not fair. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> I, I kind of agree sometimes. And, you know, thought it would bloody Christopher Eccleston in it. You know, what more do you want? Yeah, uh, they're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I, I certainly like this third one the best out of all of them. If I had to rank them, hmm. um, and as, as far as what's it about? I don't know, just go with the ride, Kate, you know, let's just jump in and um, see, see how much you can pick up without having seen the other things. Excellent. Well, with all that being said, shall we uh, kick off this fifth birthday party by watching Thor Ragnarok? Woo! Yay! Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services and prepare to hang out with your friends from work as we watch Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. 
Welcome back, everybody, to this, our fifth year birthday special of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Uh, we have just finished watching Thor Ragnarok, and I'm joined once again by Luke Jago and Kate O'Sullivan. Uh, Kate, we're going to jump straight to you because it was your first time watching Thor Ragnarok. What did you think? That's a roller coaster of a film. Good <laughs> <to> me. <laughs> it sure is. Um, now, we're, we're watching this remotely, um, so... Mm. Normally, when we do this program, we're all sat by each other and making comments. Um, we had virtually no interaction online during this one. So, what I, I'm really curious to know um, was it a good roller coaster? Do, do you like roller coasters? Do you want roller coasters from your films? I think it's a very weird film to be on the ride for by yourself. Like, hmm. sitting watching the, this by myself in my apartment. I don't know whether it did, like, I, I feel like if I'd seen it in the cinema with a bunch of people or even just at someone's house, I think mm. what was said at the start about how, like, you know, it's the kind of film, these are the kind of films that you watch with people is mm. not incorrect because it's a very odd experience sitting here silently watching a film. You're like, there's, there's no one to talk to about the funny bits or the bits where you're like, what is happening? Mm. So you found that there were funny bits though? I mean, I, I will, I'm a sucker for a pun at the best of times. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a snide comment here or there will always, always be fun. Excellent. Um, Luke, uh, when did you last watch Ragnarok? Uh, probably close after I saw it in cinemas. So I saw it in cinemas, in, you know, 2017. And then, I don't know, I guess whenever it was came out on Blu-ray after that, uh, yeah, saw it again just the once and hadn't seen it since. So, yeah, probably about 2018. Okay. And, and how was it revisiting after after four or five years for your, for in your case? Oh, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? You know, I, 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 love, the, I love the aesthetics of it. I think it's mm. a beautiful film to look at. I love the colour palette and um, kind of the 80s science fiction vibe that's got going on, you know, very... You know, He-Man Masters of the Universe kind of thing mm. going on. And uh, love the music. I, um, Mark Mothersbaugh, who was definitely tapping into his John Carpenter vibes, you know, with the, with the techno score. And, yeah, I, I just love all that stuff for a bit of fun. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty light comedy, you know, the stuff with um, Hulk and Thor fighting and that was, you know, probably the highlight for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I it's, it's, it's fine. It is it is a lot of fun. And I, I, this is the first time I've seen it since seeing it in the cinemas, which is the only time that I'd seen it. And I remember going along and watching it um, and having a, a pretty good time, like, you know, going, oh, it was colourful and bright and there's some good jokes, you know, uh, boy, you know, it's funny at the beginning when Thor's hanging by that chain and then he swings out of view. And so they have to stop the monologue and then he comes back round and they keep, you know, things like that were really good. Um, it, it did strike me that this film is very much a cinema film, uh, as in I, I feel like this film was definitely designed with the idea of watching it on the biggest screen possible with a load of people in mind. Um, because watching it, uh, same same as uh, us all, uh, you know, sat uh, alone in a room watching it, uh, I was going, ah, this, this film skips along pretty quick and bits of it are a bit flimsier than I remember but I'm still having a good yeah. time so yeah it's it, it's a weird one um, and certainly in the pantheon of Marvel films this is very highly regarded this is um, right up there in terms of you know this uh, Winter Soldier um, you know the the 
two-parter Avenger Infinity War films. They're sort of all grouped together. Maybe the first Guardians as well. They're Guardians sort of, of the like Galaxy. Yeah, they're I think sort they're of ra- they're rated higher. These yeah, ones, those ones you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and Ragnarok feels like it's it's just jumping into that group in terms of when people talk <laughs> about Marvel films. It's like, yeah, but I think it's just because it is. It is funny. It it is undeniably quite a funny film, um, and it's and undeniably Taika Waititi directing. Oh yeah, it as well. oh <laughs> yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all over. I don't know. Did you know that, Kate? Going in, yeah. or is that something you yeah. kind of that, that, in your life? That is yep. something I did know. Korg. Yep, that's. I was like, there it is. Yep. <laughs> Taika Waititi. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was really interesting. Uh, again, having now five years on um i've watched a lot more taika waititi mostly because of this podcast but i've watched a lot more of his films um and and kate i i you know i, I presume you've, you've obviously seen a few of his as well um but with yeah it, it's kind of weird seeing someone who's got a very distinctive style and having it applied to like a big franchise like this and and did, did it work for you having having like taika's particular flavor in in a superhero film because I was thinking, I was thinking about it as I went along. I was like, "This feels like a Guardians of the Galaxy film in terms mm. of it's that sort of funny, that sort of energy." And I'm like, "So in that sense, I was like, yeah, this I don't, I don't dislike this energy." Um, and it's very, like, it's very clearly the way he does film, mm. um, and that's that's why I didn't, it didn't sort of strike me as odd. But then again, I also, as has been already said, haven't like seen all of them or in order or anything like that. Like I think I said to um, you guys just after we stopped um, recording the first bit that I think I've only seen Marvel films up to like 2015. So, mm. you know, you're talking, I, I'm pretty, I, I know I've seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy film. I don't think I've seen anything since and I don't think I saw Thor Dark World. So I just like, I think it fits, but maybe that's because Guardians was in the film set that I'd seen mm. that I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. And I haven't gotten a lot of the super gritty side of it to compare anything to. Yeah. And, um, and this, and this film doesn't do gritty and they destroy no, Asgard. Not. Like that's the big thing. The yeah. plot of the film is, uh, oh, Ragnarok's yeah. coming, the end of Asgard. And oh, we're trying to stop it. Uh, oh, but actually, it actually we're just going to do it. Yeah. 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 That's With ACDC playing in the background. Yeah. It, it was, um, yeah. It was. It's. Weird I think cause... it's actually a weird film. I yeah. think you were right when you said it's weird. The tone is quite weird because of that Taika Waititi New yeah. Zealander yeah. accent coming in with Korg and mm. uh, the the other the henchwoman Rachel Ward. You know, yeah. became popular from uh, the Hunt for Will people. Will people. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it's very even distinct from Guardians of the Galaxy. I think you know because mm. their humor, while yeah, was up dated and modern uh had, had its you know it, it, it balanced the tone right whereas this not that the tone's unbalanced but mm-hmm. it does feel it does stand out for me personally as mm. quite weird in its in in the tone of its humor yeah because it's so distinctly new zealand yeah i mean it's to the point where you know jeff goldblum is allowed free reign in this film yeah. to just he be himself what? <laughs> although i mean the character yeah. that, that he's playing the, the grandmaster from the comics well, was a bit bizarre. Like, you know, he was a sort of blue-skinned uh, megalomaniac yeah. who, you know, had the, the melting stick and all of those things. But uh, giving it to Jeff Goldblum is is pretty inspired casting, it has to be said, because he's marvellous. At least I found him marvellous. Goldblooming all over the place. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think he's in the film just the right amount where it's like too much of that would be, I think, irritating and distracting. Oh, feel, absolutely. Yeah, but having him in those little moments and like him calling the planet Asperg instead of um, As- Asgard and things like that was, you know, like those little mistakes and like just sort of, oh yeah, no, I'm doing my thing. And then occasionally melting somebody was like, yeah, that feels like a good level of villain for this film. Well, like secondary villain, because of course our big villain is Kate Blanchett as yeah. um, Hella. And uh, uh, Kate, I am curious, you know, your namesake uh, in... in uh, it's not spelled the same. It's not, it's spelled. not spelled the same. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but um, you're, you're sound alike, uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um, how, how do you think she went as a as a super villain in, in one of these films? Yeah, I mean, it, it strikes me. Like, I mean, I love her uh, in her... Um, it strikes me is that she's taken a good solid dose of Lord of the Rings and applied it to the MCU mm. in this character. And I don't hate that. Like no. there's, there's moments through this. I was like, Oh, that's a very New Zealand, a Lord of the Rings shot you've got going there, Tiger, but that's, that's fine. Um, and I think that energy works here because mm. you need to believe in a sense that she fits in this Loki Thor dynamic mm. as making sense as a third evil. Mm. And what else do you do other than you know crazy megalomaniac kicking butt like there's sort of not a lot that you can do to fit there because you can't have the snark because Mm. loki's got the snark yeah loki's got all the snark that and yeah she had a little bit of quite a bit of snark yeah yeah Yeah, she had a little bit of like um like uh, someone who was very heavily into the goth phase in their later teens and then never grew out of it. That that was kind of where it was. And I felt yeah. that was quite an interesting decision to, to go that way because she, she is, uh, I think, emotionally quite stunted and partly because her father imprisoned her in some weird blotchy nether region until he yeah. died. And he's a god who you know lives for millions of years. Um, you know, Odin not exactly going to win any Father of the Year awards from this film, but you know, she was stunted um, yeah. in in that sense. So I think evoking some of that was quite good, and also, yeah, having her basically just play evil Gladril was a fun choice. Like that yeah, was it's a, it's a choice. Yeah, she sold the menace big time. Yeah. Even yeah, if she every... didn't have a lot to do and a lot, like, but, but her character didn't have a lot to do anyway. I mean, yeah. that's why it works. So uh, every it, she time she sells the badassery. Yeah, every time she did the little hair sort of pull back and it turns into the horns, I was like, yeah, that that works. That's that's frightening and kind of like superhero silly at the same time. That, that, yeah. that, that was a nice balance. Pairing her up with her fellow uh, Lord of the Rings cast member, Carl Urban, I thought was a was a lovely choice as well because he's yeah. um, he's so he's silly. In this oh. Behold, my stuff. He's stuff. just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> And I love the um the other Tiger's mates from his other films like Sam Neill, mm. yeah. as well as the actor uh, <laughs> playing Odin in the play. Yeah, really good stuff. Mm. And Matt Damon, I mean, what? Yeah, I Such forgot a about weird that. section. You're like, you're like, oh, uh, uh, oh, okay. You're, if you you're hadn't seen it, right. it is kind of like, yeah, that would be a bit. And then what? it all makes sense, and it's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, watching it in the cinema for the first time, it was really lovely as people in the crowd sort of realised, wait a minute, that's Luke Hemsworth <laughs> as, yeah. as, as actor Thor and things like that. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was really lovely. And the film is just filled with lots of these lovely moments. And I think it, it, it does 
it's tricky. I think it does what superhero films on paper are meant to do in terms of you you turn up to the cinema, you see a bunch of famous people running around having some really cool fights, some great music. You know, the immigrant song from from uh, Led Zeppelin uh, is absolutely just all over this film and absolutely perfect. You know, you've got some great one-liners, it's colorful, there's a chase sequence, there's all of this. Um, but but it doesn't ever really get get maudlin or or sort of caught up in in like being a you know very serious um kind of superhero film. And I, I think it I think it does a really fantastic job. But I do wonder a little bit where it's like, you know, Asgard is the setting which has been present for so many of these films. And it gets destroyed and its whole destruction is not even really treated with any reverence. Um, it, yeah. it, it gets undercut by, you know, Korg doing a punchline where he's like, you know, from these strong foundations, we can rebuild. And then it explodes and he goes, nope, foundation's gone. That's it. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it did feel, I, I guess if I was really into that part of like the Marvel universe, I, I don't know whether or not I would have liked that. It, it did feel very much like they were hitting the sort of light, fun, action side of it without any of the gravitas that you can get out of other superhero mm. style films and i wonder whether it didn't suffer a little bit for that in that it doesn't ground you ever mm. as you say it kind of keeps going and keeps going and keeps going for what mm. like we get a couple of glimpses of norway which are mm. our grounding moments yeah and that's, and that's it and Anthony Hopkins kind of feels like he's just reading off a teleprompter in this film. I, I know yep. half of the time he was pretending to be Loki, pretending to be Odin. And I think he mm. does that bit really well. But then the bits where he's, you know, old Odin, who's preparing to pass on and then coming back as Thor's inspiration, it, it did just feel a bit like Anthony Hopkins was just free that day and just turned up and, oh, and he probably loved it. Just yeah. half a day's work in a green screen room, like yeah. yeah. It, maybe it didn't help that. that he was just dressed in like old man clothes. Maybe that was <laughs> that was part of it. I was like, he's he's Grand dressed Harvey. casually. He's taken ah, this ah casually. Fifty Shades of Beige. Good, good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. L little uh, cameo as well for old uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Yeah, um, I feel now, I still haven't seen. Yeah, now, that's <laughs> interesting because when I saw Ragnarok for the first time, I hadn't seen Doctor Strange, which had come out the year before. So when he mm. turns up and people in the audience are going, ooh, and I'm going, oh, it's Sherlock. What's he doing here? And then you know, <laughs> that, that scene does a really good job of going, he's a wizard. He's an important character, but not in this film. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But how was it to for you, Kate? I mean, to be fair, I do know he's Doctor Strange and I have had enough conversations about Doctor mm. Strange as a character that I... I was like, okay, I know, I, I know who this is. Mm. This is fine, but yeah, if if I'd been one step away from where I am knowledge wise, mm. that that would have been a a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they had um like the the scene where he sits him down and gives him the tea and then the beer. That was like kind of the after credits scene that they teased you with at the end of the Doctor Strange mm. movie. I think okay. if if not that movie, then another one, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that one. And, um, and you should see Doctor Strange. I thought that was one of the stronger ones in the series. I'll get there. I'll yeah. just have to wait until it needs to be on the podcast. That's yeah. my job, is to not see things. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll, get get we'll get to Doctor Strange at some point, I'm yeah. sure. Um, uh, we, we should touch on the Hulk before we move on as well, because the Hulk turning up in this film, Luke, was... A little bit of a big deal at the time. He hadn't been seen since Avengers Ultron, which was two, three years before this film came out. And no one was really sure 
what was going on with that character until this film. You know, he he blasted off into space and hadn't come back. And because Hulk with Ruffalo um, as Hulk has never had the standalone movie as well, um, there, there was a lot of what are they going to do with with Hulk? Um, are they just going to leave him in space for and not go back to him? Like, yeah, there was a lot of options yeah. that they had. Well, um, I, I, yeah, I guess you know. I mean, that look, they've tried a couple of times with um, uh, Hulk movies by themselves, mm. and um, and what I quite like the only Eric Banner one. I, I think that's that's mm. got a special place in my heart. It's a weird and again a weird film, but not in the MCU, of course. And then the, the Edward Norton one can just. Yeah, just disappear. I think they all wanted them that one mm. to disappear. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you're right. You know, I I even forgot. I was thinking, how how the hell did Hulk get to this planet? You know, what what happened again in Age of Ultron? Okay, I don't know. It was blasted off. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it didn't really matter. I think they brought you up to speed pretty well. Like, mm. I was like, okay, cool. Well he got the movie. Yeah, I'm like, okay, he cool. He got blasted. Like he he's yeah. been away for two years and he's been living. Cool. Um, that's about all I need to know. That's exactly that, and that is all you need to know and yeah. i think it's a good like it's pretty cool that you just have hope in this movie and not the others you know it's good that he gets it you know even if it's a twosome of a, of a screen time i think it's cool because he's mm. he's a fun character just probably couldn't carry a whole thing because it very much depends on his um chemistry with with thor and you know just his broken speech and you know i i, I really i like that Choice for him, you know, he's mm. good. And I don't did it. I don't. I'm not familiar with the comics, but are you familiar with um, Planet Hulk, Steve? Uh, I, I that series. I yeah, know. I'm aware of it because of this film and because that this yeah. film partly riffed on Planet Hulk for. That's what I. Was, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. For for this whole, um, he's a gladiator in the arena sort of thing. Um, but yes, now the comics are not my um like my area of specialty. It's it's more just things I've learned from watching the films. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. this this ties in there. Um yeah. I, I think the thing they do that's quite interesting with Hulk in this film really actually comes into fruition in the Infinity War films, in Infinity War and Endgame. Those um there's something that starts in this film which then becomes um about Banner and Hulk's journey to what they end up being at the end of Endgame, where, you know, how, how do you balance being two such disparate personalities? Um, and, and watching this film this time made me go, oh, that, that's where this started, I guess, <laughs> is that that's where that conversation yeah. really kind of started. And I also just quite liked that um, they had an infinity gauntlet in the little chamber, but it was a fake. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. yeah just, just pushing that over and going, ah, it's fake, don't worry about it, yeah. um, was, was quite lovely. Um, yeah, it's 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 a strange film with a lot of components. Um, we haven't even touched on Tessa Thompson, who is you know the, the Valkyrie, um, yeah. and she's fantastic. You know, going around cutting off heads, do, you know, being a, a, a badass alcoholic who's not dealing with you know the decimation of all of her military order. Um, and that <laughs> feels it, yeah, that, that kind of feels like it could be an entire film in itself and it's sort of covered in like yeah. 15 minutes in this film yeah i felt that a little bit cheated by by that but that's also because there's lots of dudes in marvel films and i'm like mm. cool oh okay yes there goes yeah. that story uh, that's that's what it and is she kind of just pops up in the other ones subsequent from this as well mm. you know kind of intermittently as well um but you know 
It's, it's just, hopefully it that will change. What it is. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I don't want to say it is what it is in that kind of way because it's international yeah. food state this week and it feels, <laughs> it feels wrong to be saying it is what it is. That's but true. Well, women in films. Well, like... <laughs> actually, this brings up a really good point. The next Thor film, um, which Taika Waititi is also directing, um, Love and Thunder, has uh, obviously not been released at the time of recording, um, but we do know that Thor is being played by Natalie Portman, who obviously played uh, Jane Foster, who was Thor's uh, love interest in the first two Thor films and doesn't appear in this one. Um, I don't actually know how that's going to work. I know that there have been, in, in terms of like how it fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe storyline, we, we know that um, female Thor has been um, part of Marvel Comics for, for some time and is, you know, like an established character. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what that's going to be, but I also don't know that... Can we even really talk about it, Luke? Because one, Taika is so unpredictable in terms of what he's going to do. And two, it, we, we haven't even seen trailers for this yet, I believe. I think it's still very much um, yeah. not, not in the publicising stage yet. No, not yet. I mean, I think COVID pushed things back as well, but... Mm. But yeah, no, it's it, it's coming, and uh, and I'm excited that you know for a female Thor and something different, and just another Taika movie. I mean, honestly, if it's just entertaining, good fun, and you know he he delivers that, then I'm all in. You know, um, regardless of you know who's Thor or not. But um, but no, I'm really excited to see where he goes with that. And uh, yeah, love Natalie Natalie Portman. You know, mm. got all time all time in the world for her. So yeah, I think she'll kick ass. Yes. Um, ultimately, then, uh, Kate, because this was your first time watching it, um, did is this a, a good superhero film? I know that's a very, very pointed question, but um, yeah. yeah, is is it good? I think it depends on what you want out of your superhero films. Really, like, mm. do you want a superhero film that is a lot of actions and good one-liners and a lot of very pretty? Then, yeah, it's a great superhero film. If mm. you want something with like grit and like some underlying like underlying tensiony type thing i mean you're potentially watching the wrong superhero film but that doesn't make it bad it just means that it's not it depends on what you're looking for mm. in your film really um yeah mm. now before we continue with the trivia uh kate you knew it was coming <laughs> I did. You've warned me. Uh, yes, I've warned you. It's time for What the Science with Kato Sullivan. That's right. As uh, the program's only official uh, scientist. Uh, that's what I'm calling you. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> I have, I'm an sci- I have, I have sci- a science degree. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I have scientific questions uh, specifically based around physics. Yeah. Uh, physics area number one, uh, the physics of uh, the hammer Mjolnir, um, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is obviously not in this film for very long, um, which I forgot about when I was watching this. But we do <laughs> yeah, get like to that see- Yeah, I you got that message and then about 10 seconds later, it got destroyed and my watching the film, I was like, cool, like, yeah. I watched it. <laughs> um, but you, we saw it in action. We saw it in action in that yeah. opening sequence. Um, I guess, like, spinning a hammer really, really fast would do some really interesting things. But yeah. I'm curious about, um, is it possible- to swing something like a hammer so fast that you can fly with the momentum that has been generated. So 
This is a hey, complicated one word. If, one word: if, helicopter. Like this is the thing, right? Like, so if you could get something spinning that, so if you could get something like that's heavy enough and whatever spinning fast enough. Mm. So here comes superhuman strength. So you know, I'm not superhumanly strong. So who knows? Mm. Um, if you get something spinning that fast and you let go for a second and then and then grabbed onto it again, it would basically act like a helicopter because mm. it would go in a direction, mm-hmm. hopefully not down. Um, and and you could grab on and be like pulled along by it if it was going fast enough, essentially like yeah. a, um, like a helicopter blade. I, I, as to whether it could be, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other problems with Mjolnir in terms of like <laughs> other physics that are oh, yes. more painful for me, but um, like, or well, problems, mm. theoretically possible, I guess. So mm. like not, it's not impossible science, but it's, you know, his flight is much more likely to happen in the sort of, I threw it one way, it boomeranged and I'm just going to grab onto the end and keep going mm. momentum kind of way rather than the helicopter. Okay. Well, what's the what's the thing about uh, Mjolnir's physics that bothers you the most? I'm, I'm curious. Um, why can only some people pick it up? <laughs> like... Mm. Oh, you see, they're not. What? Yeah, F- physics. But, yeah, like yes, but physics. <laughs> physics is all about being worthy. Isaac Newton discovered uh, gravity because he was worthy. That's that's how this goes. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's that's my favorite one. Is like I'm like yeah, but the Hulk is also strong and can't lift it. It's like, and then in this one, it's like oh yeah, and she can just stop it. I'm like, mm. but what? Well, you know, she's she's worthy. Oh, sis- sister, blood, blood, yeah, blood relative. Yeah, yeah. but Loki yeah. can't. Well, he's adopted, uh, so yeah. he's adopted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. science. That's how it goes. But Captain um, America, but he's like, worthy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, the other area of physics I wanted to touch on uh, was mm. wormholes uh, because they feature in this film. Um, I know you're not you're not an astrophysicist. Not, no. That's not your area of expertise. But what no. I want to know is, would it be worth us investing in wormhole technology to create? like a dumpster planet in in terms of like we've got a lot of trash on the earth and a lot of trash in space with the you know deactivated satellites and things like that Mm -hmm. even just having one wormhole and let's say that that wormhole goes to uh let's say it goes to the moon uh of pluto let's say it goes to sharon that's okay so it's like Uh, we're we're never going to use that you know this isn't mass effect there isn't a mass relay (laughs) and we're just going to dump everything through the wormhole to sharon is there is there a point where the amount of trash makes it cost effective to do this no i mean as a scientist my brain's like don't turn another planet into into your earth dumpster like that's (laughs) gross and awful i mean Wormholes are like a speculative structure at the best mm. of times. Like they're based on math. Mm. They're not necessarily based on anything we could prove mm. could even happen. Yeah. So I would suggest that you'd be throwing a lot of money in it to make an earth dumpster and you'd be better off just getting people to make less trash. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. More effective. Yeah. Re- recycling. More effective. Less. Yeah. Like make less waste humanity. It's probably yeah. a better way to do it. Okay. Okay. What, what do you think would be the best use for a wormhole just in general? Is there anything that if someone went, hey, we've got one, um, what do you think would actually be quite useful? Um, I mean, for science, I'm like, oh, yeah, could we just like pop over and like get some samples and bring them back and I can like do it from my house? That'd be great. Um, hmm. I, I mean, like, in theory, if you had traversable wormholes, you could travel in time. So can mm. I just 
Doctor Who myself around or like you know insert any other film in with a time travel plot that's like, true yeah that'd be but, fun it's yeah can we, limit it, can we limit it to like going to locations within earth like a wormhole going to other places on our globe or does it have to be in space and time i mean because that'd be great for travel like that'd be so good yeah hmm. i mean they, they'd allow you to have like faster than light travel in theory please yeah. note that all of these things are in theory oh yes yes very much don't... a big a big asterisk <laughs> over this whole podcast yeah <laughs> uh, over this whole discussion of like there's a whole bunch of scientists out there being like kate Kate, don't put it on the internet because idiots will take what you're saying literally. Yeah, stop encouraging um, them. <laughs> yeah. I have one last question for Kate, Steve. Mm, go, go ahead. Yeah. And so, um, in your scientific opinion, how <laughs> accurate is the Willy Wonka pure imagination reference in I mean, the scene I enjoy- where he was either sitting in the chair? Did I enjoy the fact that that is the tune that came through the my ear? I was like, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. how accurate is it? I kind of don't care. I got to have my little like Willy Wonka moment. Mm. Um, and that's that's the answer. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with that answer. Yeah, yeah it's it's a beautiful moment. So, sometimes we just don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, would, would you guys like some trivia about Thor Ragnarok? Sure. Would. sure. Okay, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. The first bit. Thor's uh, friend from Workline uh, about the Hulk was suggested to Chris Hemsworth by a Make-A-Wish child who was visiting the set on the day the scene was filmed. Uh, That's adorable and I love it. Yeah, and he just he's so enthusiastic when he says it. It's it's absolutely lovely. Um, Director Taika Waititi said in an interview with MTV News, quote, I would say we improvised about 80% of the film (laughs) Um, or ad-libbed and then threw in stuff, end quote. Um, which maybe partly is why it feels a bit weird as a film that it's not following yeah. like a very traditional. Yeah, it sounds. Script. I mean, his character of Korg, I think, was completely improvised every single line. Yeah, and it was, you funny. Imply- it was funny. Are you implying that improv gets weird? What do you mean? There's oh, no, well, no I, I, weirdness in. It's very serious art. What are you talking about? I wouldn't know anything exactly. about it, Kate. There's, there's nope. no way. Of, no idea. That's a scientific no. opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think it did help with that tone that that Taika was looking to set to, to have mm. them all be a little bit more relaxed and a bit more um, loose, I guess, or, or uh, open to um, trying different things. And when you've got Jeff Goldblum, you need that anyway. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, like they try to do the same thing on um, the Star Wars spin-off movie Solo, mm. and they fired the directors because they were doing that too much and replaced them. You know, I, I think they were doing something quite similar. Mm. Uh, Kate Blanchett accepted a role in this film to please her children who were Marvel comic fans Uh, Blanchett's eldest son uh, suggested she take the role of Hela because it'd be a career boost now I don't think Kate Blanchett's career needs a boost like and I don't know that Thor Ragnarok made everyone go oh Kate Blanchett she's brilliant was the last was the last big thing she did like Hollywood the Lord of the Rings as far as being out there well, she well the, Blue Jasmine, yeah, Woody and Allen, she, she won the Oscar Allen. for um, The Aviator after Lord of the Rings as well. Yeah, not long That's after. True. She yeah. Was, yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, so I, I, I'm saying that uh, uh, Dashiel, uh, which is her son's name, uh, Dash, uh, if I may, um, uh, get off your mum's back. She's great. <laughs> she doesn't need yeah. a boost. I'm glad she was in. Honestly, this. I think it's one of her least memorable roles. Now that I think about it, no one really talks about it, do they? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I will say it was statistically not the one everyone got as an answer in the quiz yeah. last night. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, during the world premiere of this film, Mark Ruffalo was live streaming from his Instagram account on the red carpet and forgot to end it. So, he accidentally filmed the first 10 minutes of the film and live streamed it. <laughs> Bust. Now, I remember this from when this happened, uh, Luke, and um, oh, that's got, hiring Mark and hi- also tiring hiring tom holland to, to be in these yeah. films and expecting leaks not to happen is um well, i was gonna say yeah tom holland is the, the king of the leaks yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a doozy mark yeah, yeah it's a beautiful gaff um in the comics and in Norse mythology, uh, Valkyrie was a fair-skinned, blonde Viking warrior woman. In this movie, she's obviously played by African-American actress Tessa Thompson, which was a deliberate casting choice by Taika Waititi to diversify the movie, but also because he felt that she was the best person for the character. Um, he did say, quote, you're working with comic book Vikings, so you have to look at the source material as a very loose inspiration. A character's skin tone and hair color doesn't matter. I think the story is king and you want the best person for the job. And Tessa was the best person, end quote. And I'm, I have to agree. I, I really love Tessa Thompson in this film. And when she turns up in later like Avengers stuff, it's great. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, she's superb as Valkyrie. Um, yeah, as a tall blonde white woman, you don't need more tall one, blonde white women. Mm. in these films yeah yeah we had kate blanchett we're all good yeah uh the final bit of trivia uh the names of various spaceships in this movie are nods to australian uh, car company holden's car makes uh including the commodore the tirana the statesman and the kingswood which is just lovely and i'm pretty (laughs) sure that the the, the, um the game master ship is the commodore from from memory it is yeah yeah Yep. It's the Commodore, and it's a luxury. It's a luxury vehicle, yeah. which I laughed a little too hard. At. Well, <laughs> I will admit, harder than I should have. <laughs> oh dear! And um, I used to own a Commodore, and yes, that is mm, a quite accurate description of the. Did, could you press a button and have fireworks come out the back, Luke? <laughs> no, but plenty of orgies. Good to know. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yes. Okay. Let's uh, let's wrap things up then by scoring the film. And Kate, mm. you get to go first because it was your first time watching Thor Ragnarok. What would you give it out of ten? See, I'm trying to like take away the fact that I'm sitting here by myself watching this film, like because I think it's probably a better film than what I experienced it to be today. Because I think if I'd been sitting with other people, I would have enjoyed it differently. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, I'm going to give it like seven and a half <laughs> devil's ani out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, I'd forgotten that thing was called the devil's anus and, until it, they said it again, and it it's still funny. Uh, Luke, still funny. what about yourself? Uh, yeah. Look. Bit of fun, and I I give it a solid seven immigrant songs, not sung by Akadaka Adam. No. So, yeah. it's because the, all the crowd were shouting thunder. It just gets very confusing when they're going thunder. Yeah, totally. For me, um, I I don't think this film is um, the the strongest superhero film out there, but it's 
very enjoyable and i think that's arguably more important than being a good superhero film is being an enjoyable superhero film at least for me that's sort of where i'm at with them um it, it's lovely chris you know chris hemsworth i think this is the, the best he's been in any of these films as thor i think he's fantastic um we didn't even talk about um tom hiddleston that much uh but there's a lot of loki to pick from across all the marvel stuff he's very good in this nobody's bad nobody in this film is bad oh, I'd say. Everyone's, um, everyone's good. Everyone's yeah it's it's fabulous so uh i would give it um seven mark ruffalo hitting the rainbow bridge out of ten because that's still awful and funny at the same time yeah um yeah almost as good yeah. as um in fact no slightly better for me than um uh carl urban shaking the uh, shake weight which is also yeah. just <laughs> fantastic uh so kate and luke thank you very much for joining me on this uh, special birthday edition of the cinema catch-up club happy birthday cinema catch-up club yes many well wishes thanks yeah. And thank you for listening in at home. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to send us a little birthday present, a dollar a month, uh, certainly wouldn't go amiss. Uh, just find us over at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. We can also be found on Facebook by just searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. And of course, you can subscribe Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, other services, all of them we can be found. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there and hit subscribe. But that is all for this week. Thank you very much for joining us on this special birthday episode. Uh, I look forward to another five years uh, and 250-odd films. Uh, fingers crossed uh, that's where we're heading. Uh, there'll definitely be one next week. But uh, until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.